0: Okay, the sermon really fast. I got five minutes left. Biblical holism versus radical dualism. You didn't think you're getting out of it, did you? It's also Hebrew six. First, the definitions. You've got to know what biblical holism means. It is sweeping through the church now, and you should be suspicious whenever somebody calls themselves biblical, and it's not holism in the sense of uh, it's W-H-O-L-I-S-M in other words the whole they're saying the biblical whole and you will see uh, biblical holism versus radical dualism crop up now all over the place but we're going to need to define it this debate most often refers to immortality or resurrection notice how that's said immortality or Resurrection. Now, that just immediately make you go, wait a minute, isn't it and resurrection? No, they say no. Biblical holism says you have a choice between immortality or resurrection. They don't believe in immortality, they believe in resurrection. And that's your first clue is what this new movement in the church is all about. Naturally, the biblical holism group selected their, whole, their own name. They are saying that we are the biblically whole group, which implies what? I love the full gospel stuff. We're the full gospel church. What are you? Well, you're not full of gospel. You got, you know, you got. I'm just saying, you know, a little bit of gospel. I got the whole gospel. Same thing with biblical holism. Same thing. We have the whole Bible. you got Bargain's Bible. You, you, you're, you got this immortality mistake. Heresy, they will call it, by the way. They derive this title because they or they, they built it and made this title because they teach that human beings are one piece. Now, if you were here recently, you know that I say what? I say as strong as I can if the are The Bible teaches you as clear as a bell that you are two components. You are a spirit-soul component, an immaterial component, and a material component. Or a metaphysical, which is a non-physical, and a physical. And they radically interact. That's what radical dualism is. The biblical holism says, no, you are one thing. Now, immediately, that should make you think monism. And this becomes, yes, it does, monism versus dualism. Dualism says that I have a spirit soul that is not material. Monism and and a physical body. Monism says, no, I have simply a physical body. They've added a little bit to it, and it certainly does have monistic characteristics, but the biblical holistics teach that man has a soul. What they teach about the soul, and this movement, by the way, is in churches all over the city. You can walk into any church, and I expect that you will, and go up and ask the pastor. I hope that you do, especially if you run into him on Sunday and ask him. I would love to see his face when you do. He'll be ready for you, but he won't know what to be ready for. It'll be fine. But if you ask them, can you explain biblical holism versus radical dualism to me and what your church believes? You will get a great many biblical holism churches in town that are monistic. They believe that man has a soul, but they believe the soul dies. That's weird, but they really do believe the soul dies at physical death. Therefore, at physical death, the consciousness of humanity, us, me, you, they will teach you, goes into cessation of existence. Okay? That's biblical holism. And I'll tell you, that the churches in this town, are going to call themselves biblically holistic. Again, this might sound to you like conditional immortality. And it is conditional immortality. Again, note this, immortality or resurrection. We say that we're immortal, that we have an immortal spiritual soul that is immaterial. It is metaphysical. It is not physical. That's what the Bible teaches. Let me say that as long as I can. That's the truth. They say, no, the spiritual soul dies with the physical body at death and ceases to exist. There is no immaterial and inhuman being. And then it must be what? The soul must be resurrected and that's where you get immortality or resurrection. They say that God will resurrect. Who? It's the believers. And so what happens to the unbelievers? Yeah, annihilationism, right? Cessation of existence. The biblical holistics will avow that the soul cannot be separated from the body, is not separated from the body at death. It ceases to exist until God resurrects only the believers. So and that's the holism. The body and the soul are a whole. Okay? Yes? That that way, the soul has to
1: be central?
0: Well, we have lots of things to discuss, but today I'm going to define it for you. But you need to know about it because you're going to run into it almost in every church you go to. Somebody in the congregation that's in the teaching position will be good with the holistic. Yes. Yes. Well, they will say the opposite. They will say that radical dualism is a Hellenistic or a Greek philosophy that the Hellenistic Jews brought radical dualism into the church and it's not biblical and we will have to argue that it is biblical. Look at how much fun we're having. Go. So why is of system, Why
1: does there have to be annihilated?
0: Because because they argue that on the nature of God, just like all conditional immortality. Now listen, we're gonna to get to the buffet. All the visitors are now leaving.
1: <laughs>
0: there aren't any. I know, go Oh, good question. What do we do do with all these things? They have to spiritualize or analogize, analogize, make things analogous, that are really literal. See, we're a literalist church here. We believe the Bible is literally true when, when it is obvious to be literal. Yes. Okay, that, now you're right because God is triune, and we are triad. And that is a significant difference. So we are—we do have a pattern, but we are definitely—you're right. You just said it well. We are parts, and He is not parts. But you're right. I—I I, what I do is I take the spirit, soul. I say yes, we're—we're. We're, I will agree the triad element, spirit, soul. However, I put into the. A metaphysical, the non-physical side. So that's how I get to. Yes,
1: met- a continuous
0: stream of consciousness, there can't be in all the the Well, welcome Arnold G. Rootsenbaum. That's word for word right out of his book. Anyway, we have to discuss it. I want you to know what's going on. The We go from Well, look, how many biblical holisms are, are there in this church? <laughs> Raise your hand. None. Okay, I promise you that's not the case. That's what makes us so different from everybody else. You would would throw your chairs at somebody that came in here and tried to push this down your throat. But it's very common, church after church after church, predominantly common in uh, certain denominations. We'll get into that next week.
1: So the biblical holistics, like I said, all of man ceases to exist until God
0: resurrects. That's why they say there isn't any immortality, there's just resurrection. Someday God will resurrect you if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, then annihilation is a cessation of existence. So therefore, they say there is no intermediate state. What do we say? We say there's an intermediate state. I have a corrupt dead body, but I have an immortal eternal soul. And eventually those two are are put back together again. But the soul, spirit, the consciousness goes on and it's in an intermediate state. And its destiny can be different, but it's in in either with God or it is in confinement. They say, no, physical death is the cessation of life and consciousness. and, And therefore life has to be resurrected. And they call me. A man who is spreading a deadly heresy. Okay? Now, to cling to this view, as some of you just started out, biblical holism, to cling to it, much of scripture has to be interpreted non-literally. That causes me problems right off the bat. One thing I notice about them over and over and over again is they just throw out the deity of Christ. Christ is not God. He's endowed He has power. But they don't treat him as God. They throw out Lazarus and the rich Pharisee, the thief on the cross, Samuel, Job, Abraham, David, Transfiguration, the other Lazarus. I have a note here. Didn't even bring my Bible up here. I'm gonna read this really fast so that you can you can get this. Matthew twenty two, twenty nine. Almost done, visitors. Hang on. Hang on, we're getting to that, but then there's a movie. And then the kids uh, will blow things up then split the pot. So, hang on. 22, 29 through 32. Matthew 22, through 32. Jesus answered and said to them, You are mistaken, not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels of God in heaven. So the angels were going to be like the angels that did not fall. But concerning the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that what was spoken to you by God, saying, I am, capitalized the am, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He, in the present, he is the God of those three. Where are they? They're physically dead, but he is still their God. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The the syntax, the verbiage is obvious. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. He just talked about three men that are physically dead, and he says they're alive. Now, how much clearer in the Bible than that can you get? And it just goes on. How do you throw out that verse? They do. And the problem of the deity of Christ just should leap after it anyway. During the next couple of weeks, I want you to uh, begin to wrestle with biblical holism. See if you can find something about it, and then I'm going to tear it to pieces while pretending to advocate for it. Now, I also want you to study Hebrews. Yes, musicians, you're doing the right thing. You're going to be tested on Hebrews 10. This is the other one that's having so much, causing so much in the church and we have to be ready Hebrews 10 verse 19 I will read it to you therefore brethren having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus that's a priesthood reference isn't it that's a Yom Kippur The priest is going into the Holy of Holies and he's got Christ's blood with him. By a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. He is saying the veil and the Holy of Holies has a relationship to the flesh of Christ, the body of Christ, and having the high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. That's one of our problems. Come to church is what that says. As is the manner of some. We know their names, don't we? But exhorting one another in so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, here's verse 26. It's causing all the problems, and it shouldn't cause problems. For if we sin willfully, what's that mean? Do you sin willfully, by the way? You're doing it now if you're saying you don't. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin. What does that mean to you? If you sin willfully, you lose your salvation. That's what they will teach you in church after church after church, just like they will teach you biblical holism. What are they both doing? It's the same thing. (coughs) What ties these two subjects together? Well, they do say Christ isn't God ultimately, but they tie it together by saying some are immortal and some are not. Additional immortality. Some are saved and some are not. let me pick out the ones that are saved. You... Not saved, sorry. Sorry, you didn't give enough. up. You are not dressed well enough, you're not saved. You're saved, yes, yeah, so and you and you and you. Oh, no, sorry. That's what they're doing. And they've established themselves based on what? Their definition of sin willfulness. But a fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversary. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. Of how much worse punishment do you suppose will be the, be the thought-worthy who have trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, insulted the Spirit of grace, For we know him who says, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, of the living God. And I want you to read that and try to figure out what it means. I'll give you a hint so that you don't get it wrong. If you don't know that Hebrews 10, all of Hebrews, is written to save Hebrew Jews, save Jews, who are struggling with something. What are they struggling with? They're saved Jews. They're not living in Jerusalem. They want to go back to Jerusalem. If you don't know, that's the problem. They want to go back and live in Jerusalem. And Paul, and I'm convinced that Paul wrote Hebrews, by the way. That's another subject they'll say he didn't, but he clearly did, and I can prove it to you eventually, but not this week. Paul knows something if they go back. What's going to happen? They're going to die. In what? Titus invasion. Vespasian sends Titus and he slaughters all the Jews kills them all. Butchers them. Paul knows that. He doesn't want them to go back. That's what he's talking about. Are they going to lose their salvation? No. They're going to die physically. You will find teacher after teacher after teacher they will say to you, Hebrews 10 is about to save people who are losing their salvation. Can you lose your salvation? No. If you say so, you are trampling Christ underfoot, bringing him to shame because you say his blood wasn't enough the first time. You could get it done some other way. Oh, hey, if you lost your salvation, how good was his blood? Not so good. How do you get resaved? Oh, and you, you throw that one off too. How do you how do you get resaved again? How many resaves do you get? I want to know, because what, what will I do if I'm the pastor? I'll charge you for each one of them. I? Good grief!
1: But anyway, they
0: tie together because they create this isolated group that's better than all the rest. Let's rise in Jesus' name. Our last song. How great is our God? Page forty-five. Heavenly Father, thank you for your hand that is infinite, where we cannot get out of it and crawl off to the edge and jump like some foolish man. Thank you that your hand is infinite. There is no boundary to your salvation. Thank you that your blood is perfect, holy, omnipotent, also infinite. There is no need for any other blood but your blood. Thank you, Father, for this church for getting us this far and we are anxious to see where we go knowing that where we go is where you will please bless this group and please bless this food in Jesus name we pray Amen Okay, guys last service here See see you on the mountain get out of the city don't go back If, however, something belongs to you, and you know it's yours, feel free to take it.
1: Yes, please take it.
0: (laughs) If no one will admit it's theirs, take it from them. Please understand that if you've got nothing to do this week, we got challenges. So, um, we'll be here every day about three thirty to six thirty or four to six, whatever we can do. And we gotta get rid of stuff and get it swept and cleaned out and, so appreciate your help. Thank you. you doing anything today? No, we thought
1: about it.